and welcome to the Tea Party Policy Chat Podcast. I'm Scott Harris, the constitutional patriot on the Tea Party Policy Chat, behind the red pill mic and on the red pill cam. And um, we're going to get started here in just one second with uh, our Tea Party Policy Chat Podcast. And I have four videos to lined up, and we're going to be talking about corruption of the Biden administration. So let's get started, shall we? episode of the Tea Party Policy Chat. It is 10-28 in the year of our Lord, 2023. And in this edition of the Tea Party Policy Chat podcast, we are going to be discussing um, some very interesting things. And one of those things that we're going to be discussing is uh, basically um, the corruption, the evilness, the basically dumbassness of um because what do we say here at the tea party policy chat dumbass is to democrats as air is to breathing and in today's episode of the tea party policy chat i am a fr- somebody in my office have given me a whole bunch they know i like to drink tea and they gave me this this from from Vanna. um it's earl gray tea in a tea bag okay it is a very good tea. I'm going to show you what the tea bag looks like. It has this, uh, it's, it's like this mesh um, triangle tea bag. It's really good tea. I have uh, some brewing in my teapot here uh, for, for this episode. And it's in brewing here in my teapot. And I love this teapot. This is, it has a dragon on one side and a phoenix on another. I think it looks really cool. I like dragons. Dragons are cool, okay? <laughs> phoenix is like the rise from the ashes type of thing. And, and as I pour my tea, I'm pouring it into my Let's Go Brandon Dr. Seuss mug. Um, Let's Go Brandon. It's a Dr. Seuss mug. I'm going to turn it carefully because I just filled it with Dr. Seuss. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I do not like your mental haze. I do not like your leftist ways. I do not like your sun on blow. I do not like you, Sleepy Joe. Cheers. Mm. Good tea. Okay. <laughs> I bought, I saw this on Facebook and had to have it. $35 for a coffee mug, but I absolutely had to have it. Okay, so the, the thing is, is that <laughs> what we are doing here is, is, um, I have four videos I want to tee up. 
but let's 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 put some context. Okay, first of all, I'd like to I'd like to congratulate the new speaker for the for the Republicans finally got their act together and got us a conservative speaker, one that basically I'm going to have I'm going to have um, I'm going to do a podcast, uh, the Tea Party Policy Chat podcast about the speaker, uh, the new speaker. I'm going to I'm going to have some some questionings of Biden officials that are going to be done. It's going to be all about the new speaker um, and some stuff going on. But I need to, some time. I have some articles you know, newspaper articles, magazine articles that I'm going to be trying to get in to, to, as well. And uh, so that's going to be in an upcoming episode of the Tea Party Policy Chat Podcast. In the last episode of the Constitutional Patriot Podcast, I made an apology uh, for, for the, the two, the rumble videos, the last two Constitutional Patriot um, podcasts, videos on the Rumble channel. The video, the sound from the video news clips for those two podcasts um, was not recorded. And that was my error, and I would like to apologize for that. I'm trying to figure out how best to proceed to fix that. Um, I, I The easiest, probably the easiest way to do that is to watch the video on your computer with the sound on mute and listen to the podcast <laughs> Um, audio podcast and start both of them at the same time. That would probably be the the easiest way to do it. Um, there is probably I could probably do it on iMovie and link it. It will be that's a lot more technical than my abilities for editing sound. <laughs> um, there is um there is a way to do it. I just don't know how. So so. Uh, that's that be, that because of my see I'm a sci-fi nerd not a tech nerd okay I have tech nerd envy so <laughs> um so cheers to that to all tech nerds okay <laughs> okay so so but in the last episode of the Constitutional Patriot podcast I went on I, sh I continued on to part three of the hist uh, the comprehensive history presented by um, by uh, Ben Shapiro. This guy, I mean, it's like he's giving a complete, I mean, a complete history. I'm learning so much from that video, and it's just one video, right? And I'm breaking it up into parts, and I'm providing my the questions that I have. And and my in interpretation of it, and applying applying it to what's going on in the world today, and 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 stuff like that. So so check that out. It was more about the more of the anti-Semitic actions um, by uh, Richmond, California, and Chicago, the evilness of that exists in those two anti-Semitic cities, and about how the Democratic Party is in fact anti-Semitic. So that, that's what that those were about, and I have yet to be proven wrong on any of these actions that I statements that I have made. So, <laughs> um, so what we have four videos I have teed up, and the first one is Harris Faulkner, I, I, from Outnumbered, or for the Faulkner Focus. I just love her. I mean, she is, she is one of the seriously one of the best journalists 
that exist in the world today, right? I mean, Fox News has lots of great journalists, and she's at the t- she is she is in the top tier of all of all journalists. I mean, um, she is really great, and and I I just love her. She's just absolutely super great, fantastic as a journalist. Um, she she is always right on point, right on target. Um, she. If she does not know something for certain, she basically flat out says, "This we don't know this for sure yet, okay? She will say that. She has said that in the past. She says, this is what we have so far, but we're still checking it out. We don't know. We don't want to make an app. We don't want to make a, a certain statement. She basically lays it out until it is known. And then... She says, we have confirmed this. She does that. She has done that. I And that is what I respect. She gets the story out as like, this is what we know so far. We don't, we're still working on this. We're trying to confirm this. We don't know. And, and she'll say, she, she's done this. And other Fox News reporters have done this. And that's why I respect this news agency. Um, Newsmax does the same thing. Right, Sky News does the same thing. Sky News Australia does the same thing. Great Britain News does the same thing. Who does not do this? MSNBC, CBS, ABC, CNBC, NPR, right? AP, BBC, right? These news agencies report rumor as fact. These re- these new those news agencies report uh, propaganda, political ideology as fact. Those news agencies refuse to report things that they that conflict with their political ideological narrative. Fox News, Newsmax, Sky News, Sky News Australia, they don't do that. Okay, so that's why I like those news agencies. And there's a lot of, there's many conservatives that don't like the fact that, hey, Fox News has said some, has covered things that are, you know, that don't show conservatives in such a great light sometimes. They've done it at being nonpartisan. So they have real journalists, real journalists at Fox News. And she is Harris Faulkner is one of the best. Now now they've given my commercial for 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 how great Harris Faulkner is. <laughs> We're going to move on here. Okay, here we go. Oh, I have to turn up the volume. Yesterday got a bit contentious as we move to politics now. Have you sought assurances from him that he will hold off on a ground invasion into Gaza until the safe relief release of the hostages can be assured. Okay, what they're talking about is basically is basically the Biden administration trying to um, uh, limit, the, basically prevent Israel from doing a ground invasion. Uh, to to rescue hostage, they want like oh let's negotiate, let's negotiate. Okay, that's that's pretty much what he's trying to get to. No, 
What I have indicated to him is that if that's possible to get these folks out safely, that's what he should do. It's their decision. But I did not demand it. I pointed out to him, if it's real, it should be done. Aren't these hostages uh, in jeopardy if there is a ground invasion? You want to make a speech? <laughs> no, look, yeah. obviously they're in jeopardy. The question is whether or not there's any way of getting them out. And if we can get them out, we should get them out. Well, as you know, there's controversy over President Biden's decision to lump together the money and aid for Israel and Ukraine. See, right here, I want to point out, see, he's, see, here's the thing. The Democrat Party has had a history of anti-Semitism, a history of not, of not supporting Israel, right? The, what they, in, like, well, he's doing it. He's supporting Israel. But is he? Is he really? And I say that because is is he's doing it like pretty much like half ass, right? He's doing it doing it but not really. He's doing it. He's like he's doing it but not showing up to work on time. On type of thing. You know, he's like, "Oh, he's doing it, but he's not he's late to work. He's like doing the job, but he's late to work and leaving early." Right? You know, he's taking a three-hour lunch break. So that, so is he really putting his best effort in his job? I'm using that as an analogy. So imagine that support for Israel is like the, the, you working, doing your best at an eight-hour shift job. Where during that shift, you are going to put your, uh, you're going to work hard. You're going to be doing, doing your best work. Okay, but that would be support of Israel. That, I'm using that as an analogy. Okay, doing your best work for an eight-hour shift equals full support of Israel. Okay, he's saying he fully supports Israel. His actions are he's late to work, he's taking a three-hour lunch, and he's leaving early. So... Those actions for that eight-hour shift, would you say that that is a full, a full, a full, really good workday? No. You have the appearance of work without the work. You have the appearance of support for Israel without the actual support. And how and how does that manifest itself in policy? He okay. He'll he'll fund the Iron Dome. He'll fund Israel defense and support them um, with monetary needs, but only if you support Ukrainian the war in Ukraine, right? Only if you do that. See, you know, and and the question then becomes, why? Why is it that that's doing that? Hmm. Qu interesting, interesting aspect there, because see, you here you have Biden, the Biden criminal syndicate has many masters. Right, 
Um, he basically, in all he does, is he supports um, China. Well, China is in alliance with 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 Russia. Well, yeah, in Russia is not a co-equal partner in that alliance. Basically, he he basically, but he all at the same time, the Biden's criminal syndicate has taken money from Ukraine, from Ukrainians. In Ukrainian aspects, so what parts of the of the Biden criminal syndicate does he owe allegiance to Ukraine? Right. What what aspects of that are the people in power in Ukraine? Do they have basically? Do they have like evidence against him? Right. Don't know. It's it's very clear that that the Biden family criminal syndicate has received millions of dollars from Ukraine, a foreign foreign government. With when he has when he as vice president and now president has direct input on creating U.S. government policy in 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 dealing with Ukraine. Okay, China, Hong Kong. Taiwan, right? None of those when when you had those riots and you had those freedom pro democracy events occurring in Hong Kong, where was the condemnation of the Chinese government for imprisoning uh, pro domestic peaceful protesters? Where was the con where was the verbal support, even verbal support for the right of the people of Hong Kong to speak out for pro-democracy? Did not occur from this administration. Where was the where is the weapons that Taiwan has paid for but has yet to receive? Where is that? Where is that? Okay, so so these is that because he's at the behest of the Chinese Communist Party, where he where the Biden criminal syndicate has received millions of dollars from the Chinese Communist Party? Where is that aspect? Who is his master? Who is Joe Biden? Who does Joe Biden? work for does he work for the american people no he doesn't because if he did work for the american people he would support democracy and he does and the democratic party is refusing to support democracy because one they refuse to have a primary they refuse to have debates they refuse to allow an election He's not even on the ballot in New Hampshire because, oh, New Hampshire is having a primary without his consent. Why? Because he won, he'll lose. Okay. So so these are the things that, I don't know, it's just, who, who, who does he work for? Who does he work for? And these are all questions... When you, once you know different aspects of these things, once you realize and have accepted the fact that there are massive questions to the Biden family criminal activities. Okay, moving on. The two wars are very different. 
and they actually involve very different situations and very different enemies. Republicans say expect changes to that $106 billion aid request from Biden. Most people have no idea that they could be using their YouTube okay, account. Okay, so here we have, okay. I have to, I, I have, <laughs> oh, oh, there we go, here we go. The, um, the, 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 the thing is, is that, is that, that actually allows you to. I don't think uh, there's any reason to hold up aid to Israel for a long time now my partner facing a central threat over uh, disputes about Ukraine. That funding. Okay, that was, that was uh, Senator Hawley. Um, from, he, that was Senator Hawley. I, I, I've had, I've had video, many video clips from Senator Hawley. And here we have Marshall Black. I, oh, another person. I love. The two great people, Senator Hawley and Marsha Blackburn. These people are the great, are some of the greatest uh, uh, people we have. Okay, here, uh, here we go. Uh, where's my play button? There we go, down here. Why is it, I'm, I'm having some technical difficulties. Please stand by. Needs to be go. discussed separately. Ukraine needs to have their funding discussed separately. We desperately need some transparency there. We know that Israel needs. Okay, the, the transparency. I've 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 done a podcast about this, and I have I have one coming up about the Ukrainian war that I keep having to put off, and I've been. Um, it will be in the next. It will be in an upcoming. I was going to do it in the next episode of the Foreign Policy uh, Patriot Foreign Policy podcast, but then the war in um, in um, Israel started, so it will be in an upcoming podcast um, for the, pa uh, the Patriot Foreign Policy podcast, an update of the Ukrainian war. But a little preview of that. Some of that is that there has been numerous um, examples of basically corruption within the Ukrainian go uh, government and are are giving our aid to where our our military and funding aid that we would send to Ukraine ended up in the hands of Russia of Russia okay that has happened quite a bit on the small arms on the small arms weapons and and, and those types of things where our weapons that we were be giving given to Ukraine due to the Ukrainian inability to monitor and police that that distribution system within a war zone accurately those weapons equipment and and supplies ended up in the hands of Russia being used to attack Ukraine so so that that's one aspect of it another aspect is there's massive amounts of money that just went to Ukraine where did it go? What what is it? What was it used for? And there's there's no check on on how that where did that money end up in some general's Swiss bank account somewhere? We don't know because there was no checks. There's no there was no balance, no checks and balances on how the money was spent or where it goes. So that's in in dealing with Ukraine that a, a government in a country that has a have had a history of economic and political corruption those are legitimate questions that need to be addressed okay those are legitimate questions that need to be addressed in future funding allocations okay 
that is not the same as the funding allocations for Israel. They are separate issues entirely. Moving on. Certain things, as I say, if it, if it sails, if it shoots, if it flies, if it spies, and Israel needs it, we need to get it to them right now. Senator Ron Johnson, a Republican from the great state of Wisconsin, serves on the Homeland Security, Governmental Affairs, and Budget and Finance. That committee that uh, uh, Johnson is on, that deals with all of these issues that, that I've been speaking of and that Marsha Blackburn spoke of and that Senator Hawley spoke of. This is the committee that covers, that deals with and monitors that aspect. Committees. Uh, Senator expeditiously the money needs to get to to Israel. But you know how you get what you want if you're the president? You roll it in with another project. Well, first of all, in the case of support for Israel, Israel, that's not true. If they roll that into other, into a spending package where there are more controversial items, it's going to delay this support for Israel. So that's why conservatives have been calling, Republicans have been calling to separate those things out. See, that's right there, right there. Right. He knows that Biden knows that there has been the Republicans have been wanting to review and limit, put in controls. They want to support the war in, in Ukraine. Yes. But they want to put in measures, control measures, limitations, what the plan is. Can we do is this going to be a war that goes on for all eternity? Is there an exit strategy? What is the strategy? So there are there are stopgap measures in that funding request with the Ukrainian spending, okay? There is no stopgap measures for the funding request for Israel. If he would just say, send this money, this is the spending request to Israel, it would be done in one day, and off it goes, okay? He, that's a given. That is a given. Israel will be funded, snap to, done, over, moving on. But see, Biden wants to tie the two together because, like I said in the example, he, he says he fully supports Israel, but his actions are basically he wants the credit for fully supporting Israel without actually doing the work to fully support Israel. He wants to come in late. He wants to take a three-hour lunch, and he wants to leave early, okay, in doing the work to fully support Israel. Instead of coming in on time, working through your break, taking, taking half your lunch time, and then staying longer and doing overtime. That's full support of Israel right there in the using the workaday analogy, which is probably more complex than, than Gen Zers and millennials can understand. And for that, I don't know how to dumb it down anymore. Okay, so, you know, so please, millennials, Gen Zers, you know, just before you go out saying, oh, Israel is bad, you know, listen and learn and shut up. <laughs> you know, I said, I was in college, I was in college and I had this class, one of these, one of my, um, it was a political, uh, political class, and there was this kid, 18 years old, right, journalism major, right, he wants to change the world by being a journalism major, and I basically told him, I says, journalism majors don't change the world, 
they're supposed to keep their their opinions shut down and report what happens report what actually happens even if what happens goes against their philosophical viewpoint right they are not supposed to create the story they're not supposed to report a story in a way to to support a political narrative okay that's why i went in such great openings about how you have real journalism here that's occurring here but see democrats don't want that right they want to fold in they don't want to report their, their report, oh yeah, Joe Biden is supporting Israel, fully supporting Israel. No, he's not. Because if he was fully supporting Israel, he wouldn't be tying the funding request to a funding re request to Ukraine. Why? Because Senator Johnson, the senator from Homeland Security Committee, uh, the Republican from Wisconsin, just pointed it out. Just pointed it out because he wants to delay the funding to Israel by tying it up with Ukrainian funding. I hope the, pa the House now that's back in business, we talked to House conservatives last night, they'll pass a Israel-only funding package, hopefully pay for mm -hmm. it. Uh, you know, we suggested to pay for it with some of the green energy boondoggle spending. Uh, but get that over. Okay, so, okay, let's, I'm going to put, I'm gonna, okay, paying for it. Okay, paying for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, let's, let's, Okay, they're going to pass it. Okay, worry about paying for it later. And, and how they can do it later is ba basically shutting off that green energy boondoggle spending that he's talking about. Because <laughs> that's basically crap, you know. And I've gone into great detail about that as well. And, and if you understand economics at all, you know, if you, basically take Econ 101. Right, take take macroeconomics. Right, uh, fully. Uh, if you fully understand basic macroeconomics, then basically you can see how this green energy crap doesn't work. Okay, <laughs> so yeah. Okay, so does, let's let's move forward. Over to the Senate, mm -hmm. and let's get that passed. Uh, is, Israel needs the support. Uh, let's not. Uh bog it down with the more controversial spending items. Well, we're about to find out uh, if the president, how he sees this situation. If Ukraine actually is equal to Israel somehow and his eyes and in his estimation, you're going to call his bluff on mixing these, th these two things together. Yeah, we had this discussion in, in our Senate lunch. I think uh, we probably have the votes to deny cloture on the massive uh, supplemental that includes all these things. You know, including uh, about 13, 14 billion dollars, not to secure the border, but to make uh, the processing, dispersing of uh, illegal immigrants more efficient. That's that's how the Biden is handling the the border at the crisis. Okay, <laughs> the border crisis. Yeah, let's let's let's. Oh yeah, the border is secure. We're sending more money to the border. What you're doing is we're not. They're not securing the border. What they're doing. What they're doing is basically is basically funding basically processing of, of people to distribute citizens around the country more. So what we're going to do now is um, we're going to go see why is why is the Democrats and the Biden administration um, so insane? Because they're living in an alternate universe. <laughs> Segway into the next video. Segway into the next video. Here we have. 
<laughs> Here we have this one. I love this. I, I love this. I picked it because a Biden administration is living in an alternate universe by General Keith Kellogg. <laughs> I love I love the name of this. I love the title of this video. Um, okay, so this is uh, the Krauthammer Show. Here we go. Should we bring in General Keith Kellogg, former National Security Advisor in the Trump administration, America First Policy Institute Center for American Security co-chair, and we welcome Richard Goldberg, Senior Advisor at the Foundation for Defense of Democracies and formerly White House National Security Council Director. So here we have people who are military people, okay, in the defense industry, defense department, the, the, the intelligence community. These people are supposedly apolitical. Um, these people are, are basically – the people from the Trump administration, the military, most of them, most, not all – most of the people that were at the high levels in the defense and all that stuff, these people know what they're talking about. How do I know this? Is because during the Trump administration, what happened in the Middle East? We had peace in the Middle East. We had four peace treaties. We had the Abraham Accords. We had peace treaties negotiated and supported by the Trump administration for Israel uh, tr treaties with Qatar and other countries. Here we have peace in Israel with four peace treaties of the Middle East. That has never that has never happened in the history of the Middle East conflict. Okay, we had all of this happening, and you actually had prior to the Biden administration, you actually had peace talks. You had talks going on for opening up, you know, uh, diplomatic relations between Saudi Arabia and Israel. Do you know that's how significant that is? That will, I've talked about that in the Patriot Foreign Policy podcast. But you know, one thing about politics, politics is all intertwined. It it has to do with both domestic and foreign policy. It has to do with economics, it has to do business, it has to do with constitutional rights and the freedom of of with liberty, justice and uh, of the American way for all. All of these things are intertwined like a spider web. Okay? So, so that is – you have to have a complete picture to understand it, to, to have a basic understanding of it, okay? So – but that's what the significant – that's who these people are that we're talking about here. So they know what's going on here. Let's go. Uh, General Keith, my friend, it just – you know, I <laughs> – why? You tell me, okay? This guy Kirby, but Kirby's not alone. I just happened to single him out because he went on. Kirby's an idiot. This stupid goofball show. But the fact remains, from day with all this hand wringing, we are always worried that Iran will escalate. Well, guess what? They've already escalated. They've been escalating for a couple of years under this policy of appeasement, which has given them eighty billion dollars or more in foreign exchange and energy reserves. Keith, this yeah. See, the Biden administration has made it to where to where the um, Iranian basically under the Trump administration, under the massive sanctions that are still under law effect that are not being enforced. Let make that clear. Understand that. Right? The executive branch's job is to enforce the laws passed by legislature and signed into law and the laws, uh, treaties, and the laws that are in place. Their job is to enforce the law. 
That's the executive branch to enforce the law. There are law sanctions that have been signed into law that are in place that are not being enforced by this administration. Understand that. There are laws that are in place that are not being enforced by this administration. There are Supreme Court rulings and federal court orders that are in place under the U.S. Constitution. When the court says this and the Supreme Court says this, you are to do, if they say X, Y, Z, you are to do X, Y, Z. But you have the Supreme Court and federal court rulings telling the Biden administration to do X, Y, Z, and they're not doing X, Y, Z. They're doing A, B, C. See, it's another analogy that millennials and Gen Zers can't comprehend. So, you know, so if you are a Gen Xer and you're and you have a Gen Zer or a millennial listening or watching this podcast, please hit pause and explain to them what I said because they're you know idiots, right? So, so let's 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 move, <laughs> let's move on, shall? There's no way to run a railroad. This is no way to run a national defense or national security policy. Yeah, Larry, thanks for having me. Look, they're living in an alternative universe, one that I didn't, be, I was never part of. And they're living, <laughs> they're living in an alternative. See, this right here explains absolutely everything. Every member of the Biden administration is from Bizarro World, where, where down is up, up is down. Right is left, left is right, right? Blue is red, red is blue, right? The sky is orange, not blue, right? These are the things that this is the universe that the Biden administration lives in. Of the Biden Democrats and the and the philosophical leftists, they ha they have they're not living in reality. They have no understanding of this universe's reality. <laughs> and neither were you. Thank the Lord for that. Look, I would remind everybody listening, there are 33 dead Americans from the attack by Hamas into Israel. 33. 12 plus or minus are missing right now. Look, 33 dead, 12 plus or minus missing, most likely hostages. That is an act of war against this country by Hamas. That is, let me, let me repeat that. That is an act of war by Hamas against the United States. Now, why are we not declaring war? Why are we not bombing the crap out of Iran? Why are we not, and, oh, and, and, and let's, let's look at that. Iran in the past, what, two years, has had over 100 attacks. During the Biden administration, Iranian support, Iran, Iranian, Iran militants, funded, supported by the Iranian government, has attacked United States military assets 100 times since Biden became president. 100 attacks. He has responded six times against those attacks 
in such minute ways that are not even basically, oh, they blew up an empty building, an empty supply depot with nothing in it. Ooh, ooh, let's blow up that empty building. Well, we just had an attack on our personnel, on our, on our, on our personnel by an Iranian uh, an attack. Um, where so yeah, let's so let's blow up that empty building in the middle of nowhere that has no strategic value whatsoever. Let's do that and call that we're you know we're we're defending Americans. <laughs> Seriously. I was listening to the radio today, and there needs to be. Why aren't they? Why aren't? Well, okay, fine. If you're going to attack us a hundred times, we're going to take out your your the command of your military control center. We're going to take out your 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 commanding general. You know, this is this is what did what did Trump do? He took out the he took out one of their massive he took out one of their military leaders and said, "Shut the hell up," and then massively imposed sanctions. And that's how he got the Abraham Accords through. The other countries, oh, okay, yeah. Right? That's what you do. And you've got to show strength. The fact of the matter is, not showing strength, not being very decisive, just feeds onto the problem that's being created. You know, what you've got to be able to do is actually, and I use the term super escalate. You know, I remember when President Trump, we were having problems with Iran after we killed Soleimani, he reminded the Supreme Leader, Khamenei, he said, just to make sure you understand, if you come back now after we've killed Soleimani and do something dumb, there are 52 targets we have on the list right now. And I, and I remember seeing the target list. There's a few more than that. But 52 targets. And oh, by the way, the number one thing on that target is you. Yeah. And we're going to come after you. Yeah. See, this right here is that strength. That strength. Basically, they killed Soleimani. All right, and then if you go back and if you remember what happened when the when Trump killed Soleimani, you had all these Democrats outraged that he killed Soleimani. Oh, outrage! You're going to destroy the world. The world is going to come to an end, right? What he did is, and he told Israel, he told he told um, Iran that you come at you basically do anything, I kill you. Done. Plus fifty two other. I say I. I <laughs> It's like, yeah, and I, I would have said, yeah, and I'll do it with a Moab bomb. Yeah, I'll take out your entire city with you in it. That's what I would have done, you know. But I'm a, I cold, I'm a cold-hearted bastard. Okay, see, that's what, that's what you, that's the stuff. You have to, these tyrants and these evil terrorists, you can't be passive-aggressive. You can't be passive. You can't be, you know, accommodating. You can't be appeasing. You get nothing done that way. You basically are basically encouraging them to attack you. It's dumbass. Dumbass is to Democrats as air is to breathing, okay? That is... And, and this proves everything that I basically proves my point. And here we have, they live in an alternate universe where reality doesn't exist. You got the message really quick. Yeah. You've got to do that. You, if you're going to break this cycle of violence, you've got to go right to the heart of the terrorism issue, the person, the organization, the nation that's got their hand on the terrorism tiller is Iran, and we must address it. They are the ones who are controlling Hamas and Hezbollah, and we need to address Iran as well as the other two. Uh, that, that right there is the point right there, right there. Now, 
Um, so now we're going to get about is like when you just – so we're pointing out the corruption and the incompetence of the Biden administration about how they're weak. They're weak sauce, right? They're weak sauce. And, and so now we're looking at – we're looking at it from a different perspective. Um, this is this is the Biden administration. Questions grow over the handling of federal probe into the Biden business dealings. This is the Biden criminal syndicate, okay? And and the what is it? The hundred and fifty um, suspicious uh, banking reports from the from the Security and Exchange Commission. Um, the IRS whistleblowers pointing out the the illegal activity that the the Biden administration is doing, and about how the investigator into the Biden refused to even investigate till until the until the um, statute of limitations has expired. All of these things that are going on. Okay, let's go on. New questions about the role of the FBI in steering or squashing certain aspects of the investigation into the Biden family. The Federal Bureau of Investigation is the most corrupt fe uh, federal agency that exists. I have no respect for the FBI, none whatsoever. People keep telling me, People, you know, it's like, oh, it's just the top few managers, top, it's just the top, but the rank and file, right? The FBI forged documents to go after Trump. They falsify documents that they know were fake and submitted f fake documents. They created fake documents, which were they knew were false, so that they can get a warrant to, to go after Trump. That right there, basically, it's the fruit of the poison tree. Basically, the case should have been thrown out because of that, right, number one. Number two, they, they're doing all these investigations into Trump and all these prosecutions when the statute of even if they're even if, even if he did what he did, which he didn't do anything wrong, what they're claiming he did, the statute of limitations on that is expired so they can't bring a case anyway. They know this. They know this. The FBI and the Justice the Department of Justice, the DOJ and the and the FBI are basically the most corrupt, ignorant, dumbass group of people that this country has. They are basically a gangbanger. They are this, this is the FBI is no different than MS13. That's the way I look at them. They basically commit illegal activities to support their illegal behavior, right? That what they're doing, they, they, they basically falsify documents to get warrants. They lie on the stand. The, the, the FBI director has been proven to be a liar in before Congress. He's lied numerous times before Congress. That's why I referred to him as pants on fire. Liar, liar, pants on fire. He has been caught several times lying and then denies it. Right. He's like he's like, oh, I did. Uh, oh, I like he lied about the, the 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 memo, but basically naming uh, people that go to uh, Catholic Church and, and classifying them as targets, as terrorists for Catholic churches. He said that was one office and he shut it down, which was a lie because it that document was circulated to all of the entire government in every station across the country he lied he's a liar he cannot be trusted 
Nobody, in, in my viewpoint, nobody in the FBI can be trusted at all. Zip, zero, nada. And I say that because people say, well, the rank and fire are honorable people. Okay, let's take that. There has been numerous whistleblowers within the Department of Justice where the Department of Justice went after the whistleblowers. Okay, let's look at that. Number two is where is the rank and file standing up publicly denouncing this? Right? Where is the FBI publicly denouncing this when when they get this memo to where they're targeting these Catholic churches and doing an investigation, why are they doing it? Why are they following quietly following orders that they know are illegal? See, in the Uniform Code of Military Justice in the military, it is a felony to obey an illegal order. Does that apply to the Federal Bureau of Investigation or any government employee? No. Should it? Yes. It should be a felony to obey an illegal order. It should be a felony to investigate somebody you know that when the investigation is done is the the reason for the investigation is illegal you sh they should publicly denounce it then i would respect the fbi then i would respect the rank and file of the fbi but that is not happening except for the minors the very small few who have outspoken who have gone to the republicans and sought whistleblower protection but what has happened the fbi has gone after them they has fired them they've censured them they took away their pensions yeah that's what they, and that's why I don't trust the FBI and have no respect for them whatsoever. Moving on. Family. The public's business ought to be public. Transparency brings accountability. Senator Chuck Grassley sending this. Transparency brings accountability. The American business should be public. Brand new letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland and FBI Director Christopher Wray accusing their agencies of obstructing congressional oversight by not providing information, stating the FBI had 40 confidential human sources that provided criminal information related to James Biden, Joe Biden, and Hunter Biden. He wants to know what the FBI did with those sources. In other words, did they... Yeah, right there, 40 confidential informants. <laughs> 40 comp... Four, zero. Four, zero confidential informants wow i mean that's more than they had when they went after any of the organized crime sicilian crime families right seriously they took down the cabino family they took down the the uh they took down Gotti with less with less with less they took down Gotti. they took down Gotti with one guy they took down Gotti with one guy. One. Here we have 40. <laughs> 40. And they just ignore it. They just ignore it. They investigate 
or shut down the investigation. Nicholas Flam shut down the investigation. They have a hundred and fifty plus suspicious um, um, tra money transfer requests from the Security and Exchange Commission, the SEC, that basically this money is suspicious. This needs to be investigated. A hundred and fifty of those. They have forty confidential informants. There's recordings of phone messages to where there's corruption. You have Joe Biden in a recording bragging about how he got how he basically committed a crime um, by by forcing the the Ukrainian government to fire all prosecutor that was investigating his son's business and basically if you don't fire this guy you're not going to get your government's the US uh, aid which doing that was a crime was a crime and in that he basically alluded to the fact that Obama knew about it. Okay, so yeah, let's 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 look at the realities reality situations. For years, Senator Grassley, along with Senator Ron Johnson, led an effort investigating Hunter Biden's business dealings, publishing this report on their findings just before the 2020 election. The, the report was the Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden investigation on Burisma. Findings he now says were incomplete, based on the refusal by top law enforcement officials to cooperate See, the thing is the top law enforcement officials refuse to comply, refuse to answer questions, um, refuse these questions are submitted. And I've covered all of these things in numerous, in numerous um, situations to where you're watching the, the questioning that I have or Senator Hawley or Blackburn or, one of the, or, or some of the House people that are questioning these people. And they refuse to answer the questions. They don't answer the questions. I don't know. I'm unaware of that. I have to get back to you. I'm happy to answer your questions, but they, they said questions are sent in, or I don't know. I'm unaware of it when they know what the the topic is for the day, right? There's they just deny, delay, push away, not go. I don't know. All of this thing over and over and over and over and over. I can go. This is that nauseam, the corruption that we have here. So, so now we're going about uh, how Speaker slams Biden's spoken board. Here we go, another example of the incompetence. And now in this next video, we have um, Ashley Vaughn. And this is Peter Ducey's wife, right? She, she's pretty. And Peter Ducey, congratulations on your, uh, your they, they just had a baby not that long ago. She just came back from maternity leave. Joining us now from House Intelligence, Congressman French Hill. It's good to see you again, sir. What's your reaction to Hillary Vaughn's report there? Hillary Vaughn was a reporter on that. Well, look, the border is broken. I've been down to the border over my years in Congress eight times for detailed visits about just what we need to do to secure it. And I think that reporting is excellent because it's not a money issue now, Liz. It's a policy issue. President Biden stopped all the Trump policies that were working, and one of the most important ones was the Remain in Mexico policy, whereby if you were going... The Remain in Mexico policy, was, which is an interesting thing, is there's actually a federal judge court order um, for telling the federal government to reinstitute the Remain in Mexico policy by a federal judge order, by a federal court. A federal court has ordered the U.S. government to to 
go back to the Remain in Mexico policy by order of a federal judge. According to U.S. law, that supersedes the policy. It's a check against the illegal activity of the Biden administration. And guess what? The Biden administration is refusing to obey a federal court order. Going to try to seek asylum in the United States. You do that from Mexico. You know, our law is very clear. If you want to seek asylum in the United States, you do it from your country or from a third country. And what's happened is under the Biden administration, he's waived that. And we have millions of people coming to the U.S. See, what the thing is, what is asylum? What is asylum? Is, is you are being persecuted for something in your home country. It is not an economic issue. It's, oh, we're poor. That doesn't count for asylum. So all these people who are poor, who are coming here because they're poor, none of them qualify for asylum. Not one of them. This is why 98.9% of all asylum-seeking cases are denied. Because you have to be a political, you have to be persecuted because you have, because of, politi of political viewpoint, political ideology, right? That it's a communist country and you're denied the right to vote. You're denied, basically, you're being persecuted because you're denied liberty and freedom. That's a, your asylum. You, you are basically persecuted for religion. That's asylum, right? Persecuted because of your, of your uh, political viewpoint, your religion, or your of, of race or ethnicity. Okay, those are the only things that count for political asylum, for asylum, because it's political asylum, not economic, right? So who, what countries of the world where immigrants come here could qualify for asylum? I don't know, people from China who are Uyghurs or Fulong Gong practitioners or Christians or pro-democracy activists. Those people qualify for asylum. Actually, if you are in Germany and you are a Christian and want to do homeschooling your children because of your religious beliefs in Germany, for God's sakes, you actually qualify for asylum, technically, right? People from Christians from Venezuela, pro-democracy minority political opponents from Venezuela qualify for for asylum people from cuba asylum north korea asylum what do all of these countries have in common oh they're communist or socialistic countries who basically limit or con basically have limit the people's abilities for rights freedoms and self-expression right those people qualify for asylum People from Mexico do not. People, unless you're saying that the Mexican government is basically a totalitarian regime to, where the people in Mexico as Mexican citizens are being persecuted. You're not going to say that because it's not happening. Okay. You're not going to say uh, Nicaragua, they, they qualify. The Sandinistas from Nicaragua qualify, right? Or the Contras, actually, not the Sandinese. The Contras from Nicaragua, they qualify for asylum.
not the Sandinistas. Right? So these so who does it? The people that are being persecuted by communist and socialistic governments are the only ones who legally qualify for sanctuary, for asylum. Interesting. We're going to leave it there and continue this on the next episode of the Constitutional Patriot Podcast. God bless America and God bless Israel. <laughs>